Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Now we bring on our buddy Nick Hamilton. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of season four of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Thank you so much for coming on board. I hope you had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A lot to talk about this week on the episode. Are the Nets done without Kyrie and James Harden? Can KD carry the load? We'll get into that. Is this a prime opportunity for Giannis to get a step closer to try to win an NBA championship? Also, we'll get into the Suns. They burned the chicken nuggets of Denver. Oh, yeah. And it was a and of course it got real chippy near the end. We'll get into that. And can the Sixers choke out the Hawks and move a step closer to the Eastern Conference Finals? All of that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Also, we'll get into the Clippers and the Jazz, who will be battling out to see who takes on the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul. Now, make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. Let me be clear on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Now, the Phoenix Suns have been the storyline of the NBA playoffs possibly the storyline of the NBA regular season. We would just sleep to it. A lot of people weren't awake when it comes to the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul and the reemergence of Chris Paul, I might add, because Chris Paul has done a phenomenal job being the floor general that he is, being the engine to that that continues to move that train. I know we talk about Devin Booker and the greatness of Devin Booker because we all know Devin Booker is the one that keeps it going. If he's going to be, if there's a driver, he's definitely the passenger in the front seat for sure. But also, too, Chris, without Chris Paul, that is a different Phoenix Suns team. Now, we all I talked about a few weeks ago about who was the league MVP. And I said the Joker should have been the league MVP because he played like it. However, I thought it was very incredibly disrespectful not to include Chris Paul, at least in the conversation. We talked about uh, Joel Embiid. We talked about the Joker. But I thought at least Chris Paul should be in the conversation. But during the playoffs, Chris Paul has been the MVP of the playoffs for certain. And I I see a lot of people coming back and saying, oh, well, Chris Paul, he should have definitely been the MVP. You say that now, but were you saying that beforehand? Were you one of the naysayers that thought he shouldn't even be in a conversation? Because I know a lot of people that's talking that loud noise now about Chris Paul and bringing out the pom-poms. Y'all wasn't bringing that noise during the regular season when they were the number two seed in the Western Conference. And at one point, the number one seed, and only finished a game behind the Utah Jazz to wrap up the regular season. So that is something that I look at tremendously as far as who is truly the most valuable player on the Phoenix Suns. Again, we know the greatness of Devin Booker. I mean, my goodness, he's been incredible. He was incredible against the Lakers. I don't want to hear any Laker fans making excuses talking about, oh, LeBron wasn't healthy. Oh, AD was injured. Listen, teams get injured all the time. It's no excuse. That's just unfortunately how the game goes. I don't wish injury upon any player. I would have loved to see what Phoenix could have done 
with a fully loaded Lakers roster. Maybe the Lakers would have prevailed. Maybe not. Who knows? But we'll never know because guess what? It didn't happen, folks. So get over it. Laker fans get on my damn nerves. You all sit up there and make every excuse in the book and want to talk about, oh, well, Chris Paul, if he wins, he should get an asterisk too. Was y'all talking that asterisk stuff during the bubble when y'all won the championship in 2020? You guys were defending LeBron and the Lakers to the death and had, had the audacity to get upset when people would even just even mention the word asterisk next to the NBA championship. Now, I'm one that doesn't believe that an asterisk would be near the NBA championship for the Lakers in 2020 because that was a grueling time for every team inside that bubble. If you listen, listen to the horror stories, some of the mental trauma that some of the, the players had to deal with and go through, that was that was probably one of the hardest won championships probably, dare I say, maybe league history because of the circumstances that they all had to go through, leaving their families behind, being in almost in solitary confinement, uh at walt disney world i mean you got lebron to this day saying hey man i don't even want to take my daughter to disney world at right now you know what i mean so to me i think that if you're gonna you can't have it both ways if chris paul does indeed win a nba championship with the phoenix suns you didn't want an asterisk with your championship don't put an asterisk next to his because he won it and this was a brand new season yes it was 72 games but it was still a brand new season. Everybody had an opportunity to play in their own home arena, sleep in their own bed, eat their own home cooked food. So there's no excuses. Unfortunately, injuries happen. The same thing with the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets have suffered a major injury. But guess what? They still they still have to fight on. And Joker was obviously Joker was the engine that ran that train as much as he could. But Joker was he was fatigued. You could tell it on Sunday night in game four. He was fatigued. He had, his shoulders were were, heavy, were too heavy to carry that crown. And that's just what happened. And he ran out of gas. And, of course, we are definitely going to talk about Joker and Cameron Payne. Because everybody wants to talk about I've, I've seen everybody from Stephen A. Smith to a few other media personalities talk about, there's no way you should eject an MVP. The fans don't want to see that. Listen, relax. Number one. Number two. Take a listen to what transpired when it came to Cameron Payne and the Joker. Denver just does not have the firepower. Jokic inside. Off. Rebound. Collected by Bridges. Foul on Jokic. Down goes Payne and across the face. And here we go. superstars going jaw to jaw here in Jokic and Devin Booker. Here's the foul here in the swipe. We got all ball. I'm sure they'll look at this. But there is kind of a wind-up and hits him on the shoulder. The wind-up is the... Yeah, it's the wind-up right there. Oh, yeah, he definitely got him in the face. Absolutely, across the nose. See, something like this, you can break your nose. Yeah, I, I see this being a flagrant one because of the wind-up, Kevin. 
Now, I don't believe Joker did it on purpose. But the reason why I think they gave him a flagrant two versus a flagrant one is because of the intent. And a lot of times intent can go either way. It can go positive or it can go negative. Unfortunately for Joker, it went in a negative sense. Now, do I personally believe that Joker should have been kicked out? No, but maybe he wanted to be kicked out. Hell, he wasn't going to impact the game anyway, anyway. Might as well hit the showers early. Get you, you know, get you some more hot water time. Might as well. But Devin Booker stepped in. And Devin Booker was going to defend his teammate to the end. That dude was riding for his teammates. But you know what De Devin Booker really told the Denver Nuggets fan base and the Denver Nuggets crowd? This is what he really said. I'm going to play a quick clip of what he really said to the Denver Nuggets fan base. Is this your game? Huh? Is this your game? <laughs> so that's your king, huh? That's your MVP? Devin Booker's like, nah, my MVP wears number three on my squad. That's my MVP. That's my quarterback. You know what I mean? That's my quarterback. That's my MVP. And listen, as, as CP3 said, they're going to go home, get some rest, get some treatment. And I don't know if you want this Phoenix Suns team to get that much rest. I don't know how much rest you want them to get because either way, they're going to be fine. Whether they have to, if, if Utah ends up prevailing in the series against the Clippers, and I'll get into that momentarily, all they have to do is fly to Utah, which is about an hour, hour, 10 minute trip. That's it. If they end up, if the Clippers end up prevailing in the series, then the Clippers have to travel to the Valley of the Sun. And so the Suns are at home for the first two games. Either way, the Suns are fine. And I don't see. As good as the, the Utah Jazz have been throughout the regular season, and they've had slip-ups like anybody else, obviously Donovan Mitchell with the ankle situation that continues to kind of bother him a little bit, even in this in this series here, um, they still prevail. The Clippers, as good as the Clippers have been able to turn it on, I don't know what the hell's going on with just being down 0-2 in every series. Like, I don't understand that philosophy at all. I don't understand that at all. Like, please, somebody help help me with that because I don't understand it. Because it's going to come a time where that O2 is going to bite you in the ass. And when it does, can't blame nobody but yourselves. And like, when you look at this Utah Jazz and Clippers series, which I happen to be at uh, on Saturday, along with my super producer, Jake Warner, his government name, uh, and we actually witnessed the Clippers, after being, you know, starting out flat and the Jazz opening up an 8-0 run and Ty Lue was smart to call a timeout at the at the most opportune time, and the Clippers came back. Think about it. Paul George was amazing. He shot 60% from three. Now, everybody wants to criticize Paul George, and I understand the criticism, but I don't, un I don't understand how you can criticize a man and then when he does well, don't give him props in the same breath. That's what I don't understand. Now, you talk about him being inconsistent at times. Paul George is inconsistent. But when he's on, he's on. But the inconsistency seems to be when people don't want to criticize him but not give him his flowers when they when they should. That's the problem I have. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was definitely in his bag. And he's been in his bag throughout the entire playoffs. Kawhi Leonard started off slow, but he ended up, he found a way to pick it back up. But I give, like I said, I give the Los Angeles Clippers a lot of credit. They came out. They fought. They knew they had to win this game to even stay in the hunt to be able to have opportunity to win the series, right? So I look at it like 
here's the thing I look at it. I look at it in this way, right? I say this much. When you look at this Clippers team and you look at the depth of this Clippers team, Ty Lue can run at least eight, nine, maybe even 10 deep if he wants to against this Utah Jazz team. And mind you, the Clippers defense has continued to improve. They held Donovan Mitchell scoreless in the first quarter. Let's not forget that. However, Kawhi Leonard finished with 34 and 12. Paul George finished with 31. Like I said, shot also 50%, over 50% from the field. Paul George was on his grind. He was definitely on his grind. Now, of course, Donovan Mitchell finished with 30. Donovan Mitchell's going to, you know, Spider's going to get his, period. Rudy Gobert, uh, 12 and 10, his usual. Hasn't really been that impressive to me uh, when it comes to this series. I expected a lot more out of the three-time defensive player of the year. And let's see what happens game four. Game four is going to tell the tale. Because let's say the Utah Jazz win game four. At the time we at the time we're, we're talking about this, it's over. Utah in five. You think Utah's going to want to want to pack their bags and bring it back to Los Angeles for Game Six? Are you insane? Have you been drinking this morning? Because if you have, put the damn cup down. If the Clippers, which is a must-win, Clippers prevail in this series. Then we got a ball game. Now you can say, okay, but Clippers have to win almost every game. They have to win the next two games to stay in the hunt. They have to win game four to, uh, on Monday night. They got to win game five. And even if they lose game six, it's cool because they still can swing it to a game seven and try to battle it out in the game seven. Now, if I'm the Clippers, I wouldn't want to risk that chance because anything can go in a game seven. Anything can happen. I want to see more consistency out of Marcus Morris Sr. That's the level of consistency I want to see. I have not seen that out of Marcus Morris Sr. I haven't seen what we saw in the Dallas series when in one game he was seven for nine from three. That's the Marcus Morris I want to see step up. And that's what the Marcus Morris, the Clippers are going to need. And, and you can't depend always on Reggie Jackson to bail you out. He's not your government bailout plan. Everybody's got to step the hell up. Utah is a different team than the Dallas Mavericks. That's why they were number one seed. Now, again, I call them fool's gold. I still don't believe in them. And if you ask me, I think the Suns are going to represent the West in the NBA Finals. But hey, what the hell do I know? Moving on, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, listen, this is a series I said, okay, Brooklyn is going to go ahead and take care of their business and flush Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks down the toilet. I picked the Nets in five because I gave Milwaukee one game. I said, like, they're going to go home. They're probably going to either win game three or maybe game four, force it back to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn will go ahead and wrap it on up. Now, we know the injury situation with James Harden. And even without James Harden, they still were able to take care of business because they had Kyrie Irving and they had Kevin Durant, along with the other role players like Blake Griffin and, and other guys. Now, 
because of the injury that happened in game four on Sunday to Kyrie Irving, who was probably listed as day to day, which I don't see him coming back in this series. Not with the photo I saw and that injury that I saw. That thing looked like that thing looked like a swollen watermelon. Now, if you think now again, I'm not a medical physician. I'm not in the medical field. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a physician. I don't even play one on TV. But I will say this much. If Kyrie Irving does not come back at some point in this series, Bucks take this series because you can't put all that pressure on KD. KD is not a distributor of the basketball. That's not his role. He's the one that that is able to go ahead and finish. Fine. If he's if he's forcing his way to the basket, find guys that may be open and for the better shot. But he's not a facilitator. He's not a distributor of the basketball. And that's what they are lacking. The Brooklyn Nets are lacking right now. And that's what they had in Kyrie Irving. But if you don't even have Kyrie Irving or James Harden, I don't even know if James Harden is going to return for this series because that hamstring is, is tricky. One minute and you listen to other athletes, one minute the hamstring could be working. The next minute you can't play. That's just how it goes. So if Kyrie Irving is unable for game five or game six, it's a wrap. And Giannis has caught the biggest break of his career. Because now he could possibly move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is a step closer to getting to an NBA championship, at least playing in the NBA Finals and sniffing the draws of the NBA Finals for the first time. Because without that, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You can cancel Christmas on that one. Because it's, and I hate that. And I know people hate, oh, you have stacked teams. Dude. They've been having stacked teams for Lord knows how long. Y'all just not figuring this out. Where the hell have y'all been? Where the hell have you been? Of course teams are going to That's how you win, fool. It's called team ball. But you guys criticize individuals that want to be all about them, but then when they want to join forces and, and, and form like Voltron, then you want to sit there and just, oh, oh, they're stacked. I don't like it. It's bad for the league. No, it's just bad for your team. That's what it is. Stop lying to yourself. It's bad for your team. Because your team doesn't get a chance to shine because it gets dominated. Welcome to the new NBA. Like it or love it, take it or leave it. This is the new NBA. And it's selling. Because fans are out in droves. And that's what the NBA wants. More merch, more parking, more PSLs. More jersey sales, more ticket sales, getting closer and closer to the floor so they can pay those big name, those big time ticket prices. TV money's coming back. That's what the NBA wants. Adam Silver is ecstatic right now. Now, of course, you lose your, your superstars, and I get that. That's that's the only quote unquote casualty of war. But fans are still tuning in. They're coming back in droves, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all are coming back. We see y'all. You're coming back. And next year, oh my God, full capacity? Oh, goodness gracious. NBA couldn't ask for a better opportunity to get this bread. Out of all the leagues to get bread, NBA is going to get that bread. Please believe that. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we got a very, very special guest that decided to join me on the show. I'm so happy and ecstatic to have this guest on. He is a WWE superstar. He's also the host of his own reality show. 
You guys know him. Some of you love him. Some of you hate him. But, hey, let's get a chance to get to know this guy. You might like him after all. I'm talking about the one and only The Miz from WWE and Monday Night Raw. Coming up on the other side of the break, you're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest is a two-time WWE champion. He's also an eight-time Intercontinental champion, and he can be seen each and every week on Monday Night Raw. Also, he and his lovely wife, Maurice, and their family can also be seen each week on their hit reality show, Miz and Mrs., also on the USA Network. The Miz has also teamed up with a great charitable organization, and we'll get to, li- get to know a little bit more about this next guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome the one and only Mike Mizanin, better known as The Miz. What's going on, man? How you doing? I am doing awesome as always. I mean, anytime that I can be involved with a charity that, you know, donates shoes and clothes to people, I, uh, I'm i always for it and I'm always in a good mood. Hey, man, that's always a great thing. So I want to dial back just a tad bit. Uh, talk about your upbringing growing up in Ohio. What was that like for you? Uh, and what experiences did you learn from that that enabled you to be who you are today? Well, I'm from Parma, Ohio, and I think the standard uh, fare for Parma, Ohio is you go to school. After you go to school, you go to college. After you go to college, you go back to Parma, Ohio, you get a job, you get a family, and that's what you do for the rest of your life. At least that's the way that my, my brain was always put into it. And when, uh, you know, growing up in Parma, it's it's... It was pretty incredible because I'm still really good friends with the people I went to high school with. And I don't know too many people that, you know, 20, oh my gosh, 21 years later can say like, every time I go to Cleveland, I will see 20 of my best friends from, from high school and we'll all go out and hang out and still talk. I talk to them on a daily basis. And honestly, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like, uh, you know, that's how close knit that we all were. Uh, and it doesn't matter if I'm a WWE superstar or was on a reality show that didn't matter that they didn't care about that. They were my friends, you know, they knew me before I was anything. They knew me when I was flipping burgers at my dad's Mr. Hero, you know, they would come in and go, dude, can we get free food today? I'm like, this is my dad's shop. You're taking money from me guys. Uh, they were my friends when I was a greeter at Abercrombie and they would come to the, to where I was greeting and they would make fun of me, uh, you know, just stand out in front and be like, got to greet me again, got to greet me again. Uh, you know, so it's, it's pretty incredible. Like I, I love the fact that I grew up in Parma, Ohio, just because of not only is the city great, but the people, uh, keep you grounded and, uh, you know, you always feel a sense of love. Uh, whenever I go there. No, that's great. Now, I know you are a big time Cleveland sports fan. Huge. And, you know, how great do you feel about the Cleveland Browns this season? And how impressed are you about the front office really changing the culture of that franchise? Schedule just came out and I looked at the schedule and I always look at it every year and I go, which games can we win? No doubt in my mind. And I found 10 games, no doubt in my mind. And then I found four other games that I was like, 
pretty good chances we'll win. And then there was two games. I was like, this is going to be a hard hitting game. And of course the first game is Kansas city. Our first week is Kansas city chiefs. So I'm like, up oh, there's one that honestly it could go either way because we almost beat them in the playoffs. I picked, I'm thinking around 12 to 13 wins this year. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns, I think we're going to the Super Bowl. I've said it numerous times. I'll be the first to say it. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. And this is the first time where people can actually go, you know, I see it. Like, when we went through free agency and we were going into the draft, I looked at the draft. This is the first time that I looked at a draft, and I go, I don't really care. Like, all our starters are set. We have everything we need. We're just getting backups now. And honestly, or people that – literally are going to try to take starters jobs and that's incredible and it was in cleveland the draft was in cleveland and i didn't care for the first time it was the first time we weren't a top five pick you know so it's i'm just super excited about the season i think kevin stefanski came in to the browns organization and every coach says i'm going to change the mentality and we all believe it Right away, we all believe it. I've been through it so many times. And every time, this is the quarterback. This is the franchise. This is the franchise. And this is the, the first time a coach said it and did it and proved it. And not only did he prove that he taught the Browns a winning mentality. And the reason I know this is because we were winning close games. We usually lose the close games. We're like the, the Los Angeles Chargers. And if anyone knows sports, you know, last year, the Chargers <laughs> were awesome. Like they, they were great. They would lose games by like a touchdown, a field goal. And they were like, I think they won like three or four games last year, but they should have won like 10, but they just didn't have that mentality. And the Browns would be that team. They would lose. They would lose by seven, three points here and there. They just couldn't figure out how to win. Kevin Stefanski taught them how to win, and now the Browns have a winning mentality. They're they're close grit. I mean, they're 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 they are like a close knit group where you look at Baker Mayfield, all the weapons that he has. He has protection on his line. Now you look at the defense. How are you going to double team Miles Garrett? When you have Clowney on the other side, it's just not going to happen. Miles Garrett is going to be the defensive player of the year. And that defense is going to be insane. And the offense has so many weapons. I don't know how it doesn't do well. Now people are like, is Baker going to win MVP? To be honest, I think they're a running team. We have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which are two of the best running backs in the entire league on one team. It's like Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen back in the Oakland days. You know, I mean, this is this is the team that I've all that I've been dreaming of since since the Bernie Kosar era. Wow. You know what? And I like that I do like the Cleveland Browns secondary too. I think they definitely improved in the secondary. So oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, Newsom is gonna bring in a hole in some depth, and I honestly think he could take someone's job. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking, you talked about the Chargers. You talked about the Browns. Now, we know the Browns are going to be traveling to brand new SoFi Stadium this season. Will you be in attendance? I, I'm hoping and praying that I'll be able to take that day off and watch the Browns beat beat the uh, – is it the – no, it's the Chargers. You know, I'd love to see them beat the Chargers this year. They'll win. <laughs> I, I, yeah, they'll win. No, no problem. They got it. I, I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I just don't think the Chargers have, have, have tipped the scale – 
to a winning mentality and they need to prove it to me in order for me to believe. Uh, I already believe in the Browns. And uh, so I will definitely want to see that stadium because it looks incredible. And I also want to see the Raiders stadium. I haven't seen that one yet either. Um, you know, those are the two stadiums that I want to get to. Absolutely. Now, one thing you talk about charity and something that you believe in is, is uh, a charity called souls for souls, uh, which is a great nonprofit charity that donates that receives donations from clothes and shoes from individuals and even uh, community people and, and corporations. What, intrigued you to get involved with this particular organization is i mean you just said it right there man i mean i have you know it, it it's terrible to say but I have, I have so many shoes i imagine you have so many shoes there are people out there that don't have one pair of shoes like that is that's incredible to me and for an organization to be able to donate shoes and clothes to people that are in need you know sign me up every single time and, you know, I think, you know, Lotterman's campaign of go with confidence is right up the Mrs. Alley. Like every time I walk out uh, to the ring, you see me go with confidence. I walk tall. I have a lot of confidence and I want other people to be able to walk with confidence. And, you know, with me, my feet are an important part of how I succeed in a WWE ring and you need to take care of yourself. And I think, you know, this go with confidence charitable auction is going to be able to raise a lot of money by me. Uh, I have autographed a pair of shoes and you could win that bid if you raise enough money for the cause. And also, it's not just my shoes that are signed. There are other celebrities that have signed shoes as well. So definitely, we teamed up with eBay for charity. And if you go to that, that spot and all the money that will be raised goes to souls for souls. And not only that, Bayer is donating $1 uh, to anyone who buys a Lotrimin daily prevention product uh, up to $50,000. So you know we're going to make that. And to, to raise the money and all the proceeds go to Soul for Souls. So, I mean, this is just an incredible charity. It's an incredible cause and it's a credible message. Hashtag go with confidence. Everywhere you go, because there's so much negativity in this world. Every time I go on Twitter, you better believe I see people just ripping me a new shred of just how terrible I am, how I should get out of the ring. You don't deserve to be here. You suck. Um, I get a lot of that. And whenever I can send a positive message out there into the world and make a difference, you better believe that The Miz will do that. You talk about the, the fans. I'd be remiss if I didn't get into the WWE just a little bit. Um, you talk about the fans and it seems like you really feed off of that type of energy and it really fuels you, especially in the ring. I noticed the last couple of weeks, you and, and Johnny Drip Drip, better known as John Morrison, you guys really have a great, uh, great combination. Uh, how did you guys build that dynamic and what can we expect uh, on, on Sunday at, with WrestleMania Backlash? You know, right away, John and I clicked. Um, and I remember when we first started, I mean, this was back in what, 2007? Uh, we, we, we were having great matches as a tag team and this was a makeshift tag team. They just kind of put us together and cause they really didn't know what to do with us. So they just kind of put us together and all of a sudden we just started developing chemistry and through time and time again, now it's like we finish each other's sentences, but we would drive all over, all over the United States, 
uh, you know, sometimes three, four hours. And we were having great matches, but nobody knew our character. Nobody knew who we were. So we created this YouTube show. And remind you, back in 2007, YouTube wasn't what is what it is today. You know, there was no Twitter there. I think there was MySpace, maybe. Uh, maybe Facebook was out by then, uh, but it was all brand new. And YouTube was even brand new. And WWE didn't even have a YouTube channel. And we were the first show put on the WWE YouTube channel and it, which we literally wanted and we edited it, wrote it, acted in it. And it was just like a sketch comedy show that we would do to tell people, to show people our, our characters. And, you know, we finally, you know, got it on air and it, it created a huge buzz. And now we sit here today and we do dirt sheets all the time on the show, not even on YouTube. We do it on the show because it created such a huge popularity for it. And, you know, John's the type of, of person that pushes me and motivates me. And his energy is contagious where he always, this guy loves working out. I am not the biggest fan of working out, but man, I'll tell you what, there's a reason why John Morrison has eight pack and, you know, I have a keg. <laughs> you know, but I mean, being around him, like I said, his energy is contagious. So it makes me want to work harder and it motivates myself. And to be honest, I look at John Morrison as a main event caliber superstar. And it's only a matter of time before he is WWE champion leading this entire organization. Uh, but how do you how are you able to balance everything, Miz? I mean, you're a father, uh, you're a husband, you know, you're a WWE superstar. How do you balance all of that and still make sure the public only gets so much of your private time and then you get your own private time away from everything? When we set out to do Ms. and Mrs., I said, if we're doing this, we're giving them our life. Like we are going to put our lives on TV for everyone to enjoy. Uh, and to be honest, a, a lot of our like arguments, like uh, Ms. and Mrs. isn't about the drama. It's about the comedy because whenever we get into arguments, it, it makes for a great laugh. For people you know my hell is is everyone else's pleasure a lot of the time uh and that's the type of show we wanted to create a show that people could laugh at you know i don't look at our show and say you know this is a reality show i look at it in the caliber of curvy enthusiasm seinfeld uh the office and a lot of people are like yeah those are the greatest shows on on, on the planet and i'm like yeah that's how confident i am with ms and mrs that it is a terrific, fun, family-filled, comedic show that people can all sit down and watch and enjoy. And honestly, it brings my family closer. And you asked, you know, how do you how do you manage your time? Like with a show like Ms. and Mrs., my dad never wants to come out to see us unless we're shooting Ms. and Mrs. because then he gets to be on TV. So it brings my right. my dad in here and he get they get to spend time with Monroe and Madison. And honestly, looking at Monroe with my dad, like she calls him Jojo because she can't say George. And so she'll be like, Jojo, Jojo. And anytime she sees an so my dad goes, I have an orange tree. And my dad will go out and pick an orange and he'll peel it for Monroe. And so every time she sees an orange, she goes, Jojo, Jojo. And it's the most adorable thing. Uh, that that you could ask for. And, you know, to have Ms. and Mrs. bring our family together and to shoot together, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of how I manage my time. I make sure that the things I do, I'm enjoying. And it doesn't take away 
from spending time, those quality time with my daughters. And a lot of people are like, yeah, like you work so much. It's like, yes, but I make sure that every time I'm with my daughters, I am present, I am there. And they take away a memory of, of that day. You know, we do something that that's memorable, whether it's painting, whether it's playing, you know, peekaboo, so stupid, but you know, it, it's the stupidest things that, that, that make them laugh. And that's what it's all about, right? Oh, absolutely, man. You know what? I watched a fishing episode and I felt your pain, man, because my dad is the same thing to my son. Like, it's like the weirdest thing. Like, they just want to go all out for the grandkids. But I'm like, why were you like that with me? <laughs> right? And that, like, I always ask my dad, I go, I go, like, I'll be like, dad, you want to go out to eat? He'll say, yeah, let's go out to eat. And I go, just me and you. And he'll go, yep, just me and you. I'll go out to eat with him. And there's 40 people there. And I don't even get to talk to him. Don't even get to hang out with him. He never wants to hang out with me alone. Like he just wants to hang out with everyone and be like, hey, this is my son. And everyone goes, he's so proud of you. So proud of you. He's so proud of me. I have never heard him say that you're, I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike. He's like, yeah, but he tells everybody else. He doesn't want to tell you. Why? I tell my daughters every day that I love them, that I'm proud of them. I hug them. I kiss them. I give them everything that I feel like maybe I didn't get. But honestly, I think my dad drives me, you know, it, that, that drives me and motivates me. So maybe it's the right thing. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, yeah, sometimes you want that recognition from your parents. Absolutely. Lastly, before I let you get on out of here, I know you a shoe head. So give me your top three shoes that you, that the Miz has to have at all times. Air Force One, um, pair of golf shoes. Right now I'm wearing the Stan Smiths. Uh, they just came out, I think, uh, by Adidas. And then uh, I'm always wearing these right now. I'll show you what I'm wearing right now. I'm always wearing these bad boys. Oh, these those are, are so clean. comfortable. Those are clean, Miz. Yeah, they're real nice. Yeah, they're real comfortable too. So I wear these a lot because uh, they slip right on and they're real easy to put on and off and everything. Oh man, you're gonna make me step my shoe game up, man. There Thank you, you so step much, up, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Those those are uh, those would be my three go tos. Yeah. And honestly, the golf shoes, I just got them. And man, they're so freaking comfortable. Um, and they look cool too. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Well, you know what, Miss? Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you on the show. And please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and follow you on social media. Uh, yes, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, as well as TikTok at Mike the Miz. Uh, definitely don't want to miss out on that because honestly, my social media is kind of my social media game's pretty good. Oh, it's popping. Yeah, it's definitely popping for sure. Well, good luck this Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, and uh, we look forward to talking to you sometime in the near future. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. everybody welcome back to the final segment of tma with nick hamilton like to thank my guest the miz for joining me on the line appreciate his time uh good luck and best to the miz looking forward to watching him moving forward this year back on monday night raw throughout the wwe now make sure you follow me on instagram at nick hamilton la make sure you also follow me 
on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. And if you want to know about The Miz and so much more throughout the world of sports, pop culture, tech, and lifestyle, make sure you check out www.nightcastmedia.com. That's www.nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, tech, and lifestyle. All rolled into one. All right, y'all. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's been an interesting show, and uh, I'm going to have to have some help on this part of the segment. Got to have my super producer, my great guy, uh, Big Brother Jake, better known as Jake Warner, his government name. <laughs> uh, but I, I got a question for you, Jake, real yes, quick. Yes, sir. Are you hungry? Yeah, yeah, I'm hungry. All right. Well, let's roll. <laughs> All right. So, recently... L.A. Rams head coach Sean McVay cleared a statement he previously made about his level of happiness for the team. Many thought he may have been taking a jab at former QB Jared Goff. Now you be the judge and take a listen to the audio. All right, first of all, um, wanted to start off, you know, I, I hate that I even have to say this, but I think uh, I made a comment earlier that was definitely taken out of context. I am very excited. I have been in a good mood because of the confidence I have in this team. But by no means is that a slight to anybody, you know, like Jared, who has done a phenomenal job for the last four years here. You know, I, I hated that I even have to address that, but I do think out of respect for him and all the good things he's done, I am in a good mood. But that doesn't mean it's not because we're working together uh, or because of just Stafford exclusively. There's a lot of good things going on that I feel really good about and I'm confident about. So don't twist my words when I didn't say that. All right. Thank you. You know what's ironic, man, that I was actually on this call. Okay. <laughs> and that was like his opening statement. <laughs> so apparently something <laughs> must have pissed him off or somebody got to him and told him, hey, man, you got to clear this up. Because, <laughs> you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look real bad or whatever they told him. My thing is this. I don't think I didn't think Sean McVay had to explain a damn thing. I agree. My thing is you said what you said or you or you or you meant it however you meant it. And that was the end of it. Listen. The man got to upgrade a quarterback. Call it what you want. <laughs> no doubt. He went He went from a bug beetle to a S-class Mercedes Benz. <laughs> all right? He went to a straight upgrade. Right. All right? That's just what it is. And I think Matthew Stafford may be able to flow in his offense. I asked some questions when he first was, was traded to the Rams because I looked at the system and what they like to run. But since then, they've added some pieces here and there. Um, they made some really good draft moves. In the offseason, props to Les Snead, and hopefully those draft picks will continue to flourish like we saw with Cam Akers and Van Jefferson right? Uh, and a couple of others. So I think when you look at Sean McVay, hey, man, let that man live. Look, Sean, if you happy because you got an upgrade at quarterback, be happy, man. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Right. I mean, why not be happy? I mean, like you said, he got an upgrade. And it, anything that, that's good that happens in your life, you want to celebrate it, right? So why the hell not celebrate? Let the man celebrate. That's all I say. And at least if Matthew Stafford does get hit, he won't close his eyes. <laughs> Look at you, man. Starting trouble already. All right. I got something else for you, my man. All right. All right. So Lonzo Ball in a recent interview revealed the advice that LeBron James gave to him when he was a member of the Lakers. Of course, the Laker rumor mill swirled about a possible reunion between Ball and James. Would this be a good move for the Lakers to bring Ball back? Hell no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. All right. The better Ball brother is playing in Charlotte. You're damn right. <laughs> so unless you're going to make a trade for that Ball brother, <laughs> you're getting mediocre talent. 
Right. Now he has his moments where he kind of flourishes a little bit better than others, but he, overall he's average. <laughs> he's average at best. I believe he's reached his ceiling. Now a lot of Laker fans are going to argue me down. They hear this and they're going to be upset, and that's fine, whatever. But you know I'm telling the truth yeah. because is this the same Lonzo Ball that LeBron really didn't want to play with when he after the year he got here? <laughs> Who got traded and who stayed? Right. Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> Did Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo Ball get traded? Absolutely they did. And who stayed? Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, yes. Okay. So that should tell you a whole <laughs> lot right there. Now, you think they want him back? Stop with the rumor mills. I've seen so many things, Jake. I kid you not. I've seen uh, what would they had. They were talking about, I think they had uh, not Bradley Beal, which that would have been a great, that would be a fantastic, a huge upgrade. upgrade there. Yeah, John Wall, who's broken down. Yes, they. I saw pictures where we should get Kevin Love for what? Kevin so Love. So we get play. So we get players past their prime now. Is that what we do with Lakers? We, we getting that thirsty? We getting players past their prime and broken? Like the Is Raiders of the nineties, getting all the old good players. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Now, if you're gonna upgrade, now listen. I understand about the whole Dennis Schroeder thing, and I don't think Dennis Schroeder's coming back, so you're definitely going to need a point guard. But right. if you want to make a step in the right direction, I said if Dwight Howard does not re-sign with the Sixers, get Dwight Howard back here. He should have never left. He should have never left. They need him. They need him. <laughs> and, and you don't want the – you don't want uh, – what's his name? Lamar Ball or whatever, the dad's name. You don't oh, want him uh, back either. Uh, Puffy Knight. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm cool on Puffy. No, nah, I, I don't want to see him again. It's been nice not having to hear his face or hear his voice and see his face all over LA media. So they can stay gone as far as I'm concerned. I'm with you on that. So moving on, my man. All right. The Migos had everybody buzzing with their new album, Culture 3. Are you interested? And have you heard it yet? Oh, yeah. I, see, here's the thing with the Migos. People don't, I think some people don't understand. The Migos are going to give you 100% them. Right. So don't expect anything which you hear outside of them or from another type of artist. You're going to get 100% them. Right. Quavo, Offset, Takeoff, that's exactly what you're going to get. And I like the little jazzy influence beat that they that they rapped over. Right. I like that. I like the song with Drake. I like the song with Cardi B. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of NBA players like Kevin Durant rocking the 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 the, the, the sweatshirt, the Culture 3 sweatshirt. I think I think 2 Chainz may have rocked it too. I'm not sure. But I saw quite a few people. Rock it out now. Everybody's putting their three faces yeah. on the on the culture three emblem like the Migos. So right. I think that's pretty cool. And I think they were brilliant marketers. I think that was brilliant marketing. Absolutely. Um, you know, props to Quavo for that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it's, it's exactly what you're going to get. You're not going to get a Kendrick Lamar type of situation. You're not going to get a J Cole. You're not going to get a Drake. You're not going to get uh, uh, you know any other person that you feel like you should get they are the Migos that's what they do and they do and they're the best at what they do absolutely and either enjoy the music or don't yep <laughs> and they, they created their own lane they, they created their own sound their own style and everybody copied them you know ever since they come out you know I'm not the biggest Hello. Migos fan but I, I admire the hell out of the uh, uh, out of what they do and and how they handle things and and they created their own style their own lane I got none but respect for that because hip hop is lacking that nowadays everybody wants to sound like everybody else but you know they're copying them and they're not copying anybody they're just following their own formula translators for sure no doubt about all right it. y'all Thank you so much, Jake. That was the Moments Brunch here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. You can catch that every week. 
Uh, we will talk about three topics, whatever in the world of sports, or even sometimes we'll dip a little bit out of sports. It depends on what's going on in the culture, baby. That's all. Now, I have another special award that I like to give out, which I'm going to give out every week on this here program. It's called the Milk Carton All-Star Award. And my Milk Carton All-Star this week is none other than Aaron Gordon, who was absolutely disappointing in this series against the Phoenix Suns. He's been disappointing in the playoffs. He has not shown up. So he's a Milk Carton All-Star. Have you seen me? (laughs) That is the question that I'm asking, and I'm sure a lot of other Denver Nuggets fans are asking, because we thought with that trade, we thought, damn, man, Aaron Gordon, now he can fit into a role. He doesn't have to be the guy guy. He can fit into a role. You got Jamal Murray at the time. You had Joker. You had Will Barton. You got guys on the squad, off the bench. He can fit and, and mold himself right on in there, and he did absolutely squat. So that is my milk carton all-star for the week. None other than Aaron Gordon. Now, before I conclude, I want to say this much. I have enjoyed these NBA playoffs. I have sat up here and watched these NBA playoffs. But let me tell you somebody or something that does not sit right with me. Now, Jake, you may have seen this. All right. Nuggets, Suns, playoffs. Not talking about the players. Mm -hmm. Not talking about the coaches. We talk about the fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. How your man <laughs> give the Denver Nuggets fan a two-piece without the biscuit? Without the biscuit. <laughs> and how your man, who's the, the – I'm talking about the two Denver Nuggets yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let your man get beat down by the Phoenix Suns fan, <laughs> and you don't do nothing. That would never happen in my that's, watch. That's your homeboy? That's no. your buddy? <laughs> that's, your, that's your pal? That's your friend? <laughs> Is that what you do? You just let your boy just get get the get the brakes beat off of him, and that man. And let me tell you something: the Phoenix Suns fan, he wanted all that smoke, all of it. He wanted every ingredient, every whiff. <laughs> he wanted it all. <laughs> and, and listen, that dude is the fan MVP, far as I'm concerned. He, de- you talking about a fan that defends his team? I see fans who got tattoos of their teams. Nah, 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 nah. If you ain't willing to fight and get kicked out of an arena and beat the brakes off the opposing team. And I, again, let me be clear. This is just jokes. I want to be very clear. I'm just cracking. I'm just, I'm just, these are just jokes. But, I do not condone violence of any kind. I'm not encouraging fans to fight in the stands. No, of course not. That is stupid. I am not encouraging that at all. Just in case somebody takes it out of context. <laughs> Nick is out here advocating for fans to fight in the stands. No, I am not. I do not want another <laughs> Malice in the Palace fan, fan version in the stands no all i'm saying is that i thought i thought it was completely hilarious and i enjoyed every minute of it and not only that after he lands the two-piece with a biscuit and regulates his homeboy he goes and says sons and four after he whoops the ass walk off <laughs> walk off mic drop <laughs> walk off yes sir Let me, and i'm gonna address this too real quick because i got a few minutes left on this here program Coach of the year, and I said this before, and I'm going to say it again because some people, little Knicks fans got upset. A couple of Knicks fans got upset with me on social media, so I want to address that real quick. I'm going to say I said it then. I'm going to say it again. Monty Williams was robbed for coach of the year. There's no way, and, and, and props to Tom Thibodeau. I think he could coach. I think he set a, a precedence in New York with the Knicks, got them a defensive mindset and, and, and an identity. 
props. We all know the Knicks were going to make it in the playoffs at some point. I mean, they were, the, they were in the Eastern Conference. Hell, the, Chicago, the Charlotte Hornets made it, were making it to the playoffs at one point. I mean, that's no big deal. But in the Western Conference, as tough as the West is, and for the Phoenix Suns to maintain the two seed for about, what, 85, 88% of the time? And you mean to tell me you don't even, you give, you give time, you think Tom Thibodeau did a better job than Monty Williams? Get the hell out of here. There's no way. I don't care if you if you're an ultimate Knicks fan or you just whatever. Stop it. Let's be honest. Take your fandom off for a second. Let's look. Let's this. Let's just look at things for, from a realistic standpoint. Yes, Chris Paul was the the the, the shot in the arm that they needed, but if Monty Williams did not coach them the way they needed to be coached up and assemble the coaching staff that he's assembled, you think they would have been the number two? They weren't even projected to be a two seed in the West at the beginning of the season. Are you kidding me? Please. It was supposed to be the Lakers, Clippers, Denver, all from last year in the bubble. We're going to talk about no Phoenix Suns. Phoenix who? <laughs> Man, stop it. Monty Williams was robbed. Now, I don't know if the executive of the year came out yet, but I do believe James Jones deserves the executive of the year. And if he doesn't get it, I hope to God that the Phoenix Suns win an NBA championship. Not because I'm a fan, but because people were robbed of things they earned and worked hard for. Just saying. But we'll see what happens as we move along. All right, y'all. That is all for me on this episode. I thank you so much for tuning in to season four, the debut season four episode here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all the streaming platforms at its iTunes. Make sure you give us five stars. I'd greatly appreciate it. SoundCloud, Spotify, and all streaming platform apparatuses where you can get it for what? Free 99. Also, make sure you follow me on social media at Nick Hamilton LA on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Thank you so much to my man Jake Warner yes, for sir. coming on in and being a part of the team. I'd like to thank Sirius XM and Slam Radio also. And thank you for tuning in. Until next week, stay sharp, take care. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.